Welcome to Born to Sell Denver with Brian Smith and Sean Modry. Our guest today is Nick Ivansich. This is take three on this one, huh? Uh, thanks for having me, you guys. I'm excited to do this, I think. <laughs> we gotta, we got to apologize to the listeners now because it's been 10 minutes of us just trying to get this yeah. In- intake going. Well, it's my fault because I said we never make a mistake, and so we don't true. edit anything, and then next thing you know, well, anyway. Yeah, so as you're going to listen to this, it's going to be like clip, clip, clip. We're going to just edit everything out. <laughs> so, Nick, uh, you're kind of a legend. You've been around for a long time, and, uh, you know, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I started in real estate about 30 years ago. Actually, just it was 30 years ago in September. And um, real estate was going great. Um, fell into the um, luxury market, and then um, I took a detour, started up a little passive income. It was a law firm collection agency, and um, um, it, it was supposed to be just a small passive income. And then all of a sudden, it turned into a, a monster, about 125 employees, a couple of attorneys, a few paralegals, and that was going going real well. And they um, asked me to step out of real estate because at that time we were running one of the top agencies in in the nation. And um, and they said, you know, if you you know, we want to see what you do when you got a hundred percent focus on on collections and get out of um, real estate. So I didn't get out of real estate one hundred percent. I kind of dealt real estate on the side quietly. And so that was about a gosh a thirteen year ride, and then um, then the economic environment um, shut us down. The CFPB came aboard and set some rules. The banks stopped selling debt, mm-hmm. and um, and a, the, basically lifetime investment um, was shut down in one day, and really didn't know it was coming. So then um, went home and told my wife, "Guess what? We are full time realtors again, no. and here we are." And so and it's been going real good. Now wait a minute, because you and I have known each other what twenty six years probably. About yeah, at least. Yeah, it's been a while, and so you sold real estate for a long time before the before you got into the collection business. Because I kind of remember when you started that and you didn't ask me to join you. I remember that. You told me about it, though. You're like, hey, I got this thing. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. Um, Yeah, I would say I was probably in real estate 10 or 13 years before that. that And you were a top producer back then. I mean, even in in the late 90s, early 2000s, you were selling... A lot of homes. Yeah. I mean, I take the top producers being kind of lightly because I started out at Century 21 and I lasted there for about six months. I think the first three months I was the top buying agent and selling agent. And I thought, if this is number one, I got to move There's up. There's a problem here. There's a problem. Now, remember Century 21 had the million dollar club and it yeah. was if you sold a million dollars in real estate in a year. Like a like volume? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was, that was one of their awards. I remember an agent saying... You know, I'm in the million dollar club, and I was like, "Wow, they're a millionaire!" Yeah. <laughs> I know they did a million dollars in commission. Then I was like, "No." That was and, the, and the reason why I joined is I wanted one of those gold coats. Yeah, <laughs> seriously? No, no, <laughs> I would never wear one. I never bought one. Would never wear one. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, so you went. Uh, you know, first of all, is it true that Sean's uh, phone number was on speed dial with your collection company? <laughs> yeah, <it> was. <laughs> <laughs> I use this sound effect. That's the oh first my one. Would you would you practice that? <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, he was on speed dial with us. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so you, uh, so you started out. What year was that when you started real estate? Oh, uh, real estate was nineteen ninety three. Nineteen ninety three, and so you've kind of seen some ups and downs, huh? I've been through them all. Yeah. What yeah. do you think about this one? You know, honestly, and this is I'm, I'm not like tooting my own horn, but everything's been pretty predictable. This one's been interesting to sit in and watch everything happening. I mean, who would have thought, you know, with COVID, what would happen there? And, um, but, you know, I think right now, I think everything's predictable as well, too. And, I, you know, I think that, you know, we just seen the interest rate drop, but I think as soon as it really gets out there, um, you're going to see it drop 1% or 2% because the election's coming up. You're going to get mm-hmm. a couple million people back in the in the buyer's market, and we're super short on inventory, and you're going to see another 12%, 15% appreciation. Hmm. So yeah. people better get on the stick and get a house or they're going to keep paying more. Yep. They mark it down right now. I mean, actually, uh, I think NAR is predicting $4.8 million uh, deals this yeah. next year, right? So 4.2 this past year, it should end up right around there. So up 600,000. Up 600,000. Or, or 12%. Something roughly. like that, yeah. 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 Wow. yeah. And I think 5.2 or right around 5 million is, is average. So it's, you know, average, an average year coming up, right? You know what's frustrating about this, and, and you're a great person to talk to about this, Nick, is because you've built homes, is there's a lot of us that would love to do some development, some small development. Yeah. Yet, it's just nearly impossible to get into that business. And that's the problem, right? I mean, it's not so much a market issue as it's an inventory issue. Um, and, you know, with, you know, nimbyism, not in my backyard, you can't build high density, you can't build low cost, you know, the impact fees and all that stuff is just devastating the market. Yeah. That's, it's, it's everything. It seems tough to complete or, you know, get stuff permitted or, yeah, zoning change, and um, not that I've got that involved in in mm-hmm. development, but just building, you know, a few blocks out of houses, and then my personal houses, you know, mm-hmm. and my my houses were easy though. Jefferson County is pretty pretty easy to deal with. They've been great. Yeah, because you built a big fancy house in a big fancy neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Try to build affordable housing and see how how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you started ninety three. Do you think back to when you started? Um, you know, what were some of the things that were that you did initially to be successful to where you became the top producer in your office? You know, is knocking doors. Um, I started farming a, a subdivision called Governor's Ranch, and I still think this will work today, right? It's just getting in front of people. And I remember um, going out there, and I knocked every door. And um, and it was well-received. One, one guy took my um, notepad, though, and he shut, slammed the door on me, and then he opened the door back up at me and threw my notepad at me and <laughs> told me to get lost. <laughs> he wasn't a happy guy. But, um, but that, was, that one was kind of interesting because, you know, they, they told me to go do that and start farming. And my first round of knocking doors, I think it produced $60,000 in commissions that wow. year. Wow. So it was super Which successful. was a lot back then. That was a lot. I mean, average yeah. sales price was probably under 100 Yeah, well, Governor's Ranch, I think, yeah, the high end was probably – Four hundred, maybe two, three hundred, three fifty. Yeah, I don't know. I never marketed. God, to it. I know so, what neighborhood you're talking about. Yeah, been, yeah. been a long time. Um, but it, but at any rate, yeah, it was it was a lot of deals, and um, but it went it went really good. And then you know, then of course, um, I, I had some good mentorship on farming. 
And um, that went real well for me. And Governor's Ranch was one that was very heavily farmed, and it was my mission to take that over, and I did. Mm-hmm. And um, and so it, it became very successful, you know, for me as well too. And then the rest of it is just kind of doing the, um, you know, referrals. Um, you know, working with your sphere of influence, mm-hmm. and um, and that's a thing that I I think I don't, you know I don't know why, but I think I'm blessed that business just comes to me. I don't I, I don't, you know quite a bit of it I don't have to work for. It. I think it's a trust factor and and you know and a success factor that they see results. It's so funny how people can't see themselves, right? <laughs> <laughs> like it's so interesting. Like you're like I don't know why, and you know I'm sitting here. You know I mean I've known you a long time. I know exactly why. You know, you are the person who I think you, your brain must just sit there and think, who can I call now? Who can I talk to now? Because you're always engaging, you're talking, you know, you're sending a text, you're, you know, leaving a voicemail, you know, you're just very engaged with people. And, um, you know, and I think that's what leads to, you know, I don't know why people just think of me. They just refer me all the time because well, yeah. you're 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 staying in relationship with them. Right. You're yeah. making them feel important. You know, it's fun, too, is you kind of get away from all the stuff that you're supposed to do. But then you get back on the train and make some phone calls. And um, and then it, it to me, it's fun. You know, but honest to God, I spend too much time on the on the line with everybody because we start laughing and talking about 30 years ago and yeah. and just really having a good time. Yeah, that's very cool. So you you start out with Century Twenty One. Did you go then to Remax? Yeah, so I went to uh, well from Century Twenty One. I interviewed with Remax, but I wouldn't go to Remax until one particular realtor was. removed. <laughs> I didn't want to be associated with him. And, and and now it turns out we're really good friends. You know, it's a bygones, BK apologized and bygones are bygones. Was that Brian Smith? I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I gave it to you, Sean. So, you beat me to it. Dang it. So I was anyways, totally going to say Sean. I, I went to, um, I, from Century 21, I went to Metro Brokers and um, and that was for I, what Sean would say. Those are retired Remax agents. <laughs> Oh, Ooh, that, wow. that was, uh, you know, that's a great company. We know? might have to edit that one out, actually. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's a great company, but I needed more energy. That's not that. what I say. I actually say that's where <laughs> Remax agents go to die. Oh, that's- no. <laughs> It's a good I'm just, co- at good the co- end, we're going to have a disclosure. It says that the views of our guests are not necessarily the views of the the uh, I, podcasters, but well, I uh, you just, yeah, yeah. So anyway, you can meet, uh, you can reach Sean's attorney at uh, 303. I think I have plenty of evidence to prove that uh, what I'm saying is fact. Let's move on. Okay. okay. So I went to, um, went to Metro Brokers and as soon as I got my feet planted there, um, um, Paul Motzkus from um, Remax gave me a call and said, hey, he's gone, come in. And um, so I, I didn't look back, packed my desk and I was at Remax and I... Um, I been at Remax for 29 years. I left for a brief stint because I went and quietly hung my license at a, a small franchise. Well, actually, it's not small. It was just cheap and affordable when they asked me to step out of real estate. So I just I quietly hung my license there to keep it active and to sell a few deals then. And um, and been at Remax since then. You know, with, with Remax, it was it was a good experience with the with you know Shaq, Motzkus, and Smith. It was so much fun back then. That's where Last. Nick and I met. Is yeah. I was at Tom's office, and and you were at you were at Paul's, right? Yeah. yeah. And what a great group of people! Super professional, super high standards, right? Yeah, like, 
I remember my office had 42 desks in it, and there was a wait list for agents to get into that office, and you had to rent a desk. Like, it wasn't a choice. And so I think I was paying, in like 97, I was paying $1,100 a month for a desk. And I said to Tom, I'm like, I'm never going to use this desk. Like, you can rent it out. He goes, that's not the rules. That's not how it works. You have to have a desk. And I was like, well, I'm never going to sit in it. So they took my desk, and they pushed it in the hall next to the copy machine. <laughs> I was like the number two or number three agent in that office. <laughs> no desk. I'm never coming in here, right? There, nobody in here is going to buy a house. But but there was a wait list to get in. So as soon as an agent left, like, you know, the next person got an opportunity to step in. And it was such a fun environment. Yeah. They're very good agents there. And I mean, it's still a great organization as well, too, with the new the new owners. Yeah, I have high regards for them. I actually got to manage um, the Bowles office for a while because mm-hmm. um, Motzkus golfed and traveled too much. So oh. <laughs> I would take over for him and, and um, sign his checks for him. But did, did they give you a test before they let you manage somebody? <laughs> yeah, I'm just, scary. I'm just honest. They knew I wouldn't steal any money. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so then at some point you go to the collections company, and then you get back into real estate. So how long ago was that? You know, I believe that was in sixteen, okay. and um, it, it was it was uh, it was a brutal thing to lose everything that you worked mm-hmm. for. But um, it was it was my whole life savings. It was my retirement, and it hits you in one day, and you're like going, "Boy, the it's not supposed to end like this, right?" So. Um, I, I'm very motivated now, and hope someday that I do hit retirement. And so we're putting a lot of a lot of um, lines out there and changing a lot of things what we do, and that's why I'm here. Yeah. So any lessons from that? Any lessons from that? Um, what is that one saying that? Elections do have consequences. Yes, they do. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, they very much do. And um, yeah, we ran a great agency. It, what was cool about that agency, just not to get off on this tangent, but we were so far ahead of the CFPB, we actually weren't a bad collection company. I would study the collectors, and I would notice that there was one in particular that would get thank you notes. Hmm. And because he was so nice to the people, people get beat up so bad. And I and we wouldn't let people beat them up if they if they were mean to someone. You know, we believe that, um, you know, bad things happen to good people. So if they would if they would get off on a on a tangent on hmm. somebody, they would be fired right then. So we were successful because we we treated people like humans. Hmm. And so, anyways, hmm. um, but yeah, that, that's what I learned from that. It was um, it was it was hard to lose. Um, you know, you you see that rainbow at the end. And unfortunately, I didn't. I didn't get to cross the finish line and sell mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you get back into real estate. Yep. And so, what did you do? Did you do anything different in '16 than what you did in '93 and you know after that? You know, right now, and I, as we talked about, it's all adapting to the new environment, right? It's adapting to business, Google, Yelp, um, Instagram. And it's it just it's adapting to that, and I, I think I, you know that that's that's the hardest thing is just to to catch up on the all the technology nowadays. Nowadays, but I think I got that under control to a degree, and we'll probably be getting better at that. So, yeah. you know, it's interesting you say that because I actually have said that a lot over the last years. A lot of the people that are doing really well right now are the newer people mm-hmm. who just don't know any different, and then they just kind of say, "Oh, social media, okay, yeah, I'll do yep. that." And the people, a lot of the people that are struggling are the people that have failed to adapt to what marketing is today. 
Agreed. You know, I mean, when you started, it was door knocking and postcards, I would imagine, Mm -hmm. and notepads. I I Mm -hmm. love those. I mean, Mm -hmm. nobody does that anymore, right? I mean, barely anybody does that anymore. And so, but that was a staple of the business back then. You had to have a notepad with your information on it, right? Correct. Yeah. And now today, it's like, you know, it's a very different approach, but you've been able to adapt to the new approach, it sounds like. And, you know, for lack of a better term, to teach an old dog new tricks, right? Yeah. Yeah. How it, hard was that? It, I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult, and I'm still learning. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm amazed at the, the younger crowd on, on how well they do on social media. I mean, they're amazing, you know, mm-hmm. the, the young realtors. You know, you know, I'm getting noticed, getting business. And, I mean, obviously, 30 years, I, I definitely know how to do the business. But, but you know, this, all this new advertising side of it, mm-hmm. it, it's taken a while to catch up, and I'm, I'm at awe on these new, new people. You know what's interesting is it might actually be a benefit that you, you stepped out for a bit because, like, you know, it's like the uh, frog in the pot, right? The analogy about you put a frog in a pot and then you slowly turn the heat up, and as the, the, the water gets warmer, the, pot, the frog doesn't jump out, right? Whereas if you had thrown the frog into a hot pot of water, it would just jump out. And because you stepped out as the frog and then you jumped back in, you didn't have, you had to kind of relook at it from a new perspective instead of saying, you know, so many agents we talk to, they just don't want to adapt, right? right. They, you know, they, they'll argue with you about social media, you know, and um, the validity of it and, you know, and they're wanting to be involved in it. Right, you know, and it's it's really just not a choice anymore. No, it's uh, yeah, it's the new way. It's the new way of advertising, getting recognized. Yeah, because even if you don't get, even if you don't get somebody who says, "Oh, I saw your house" or whatever, they validate you through it, right? So somebody they meet you either on your marketing or um, they meet you at an open house or at a dinner party or whatever. The first thing they do is they go to your Facebook, Instagram, and check you out. Right. Right. Who is this person? And they go back like weeks and weeks and weeks and look at your posts to see what you're about. And those reviews. Oh, God, are they important? Every phone call that I get off of something, they're like, we checked you out. Yeah. And um, you're the real deal, you know, great reviews and and people rant and rave. So they're they're, they're important, you know. You're talking Google reviews? Google reviews, Yelp Mm -hmm. reviews, Mm -hmm. um, all of that. You know, Yelp right now, that's that's a different story. It was it was pretty amazing at a time, but right now I don't think it's all that it used to be. Yeah. So let's talk about the Google review thing because a lot of people want to get it started with that. And I don't know all the details of that. Maybe you guys do, but I from what I understand, there's like a certain number you have to get to in order to start getting noticed like on the Google on the search. Yeah. Mm. Is that I, I don't know, do you know anything about it? No, not, not, I've never heard that there's a, (laughs) I've never heard that there's a direct (laughs) equation or to the number of, you're totally throwing (laughs) off. Um, I've never heard that there's a direct uh, correlation between the number of Google reviews you have and ranking higher on Google. I suppose it could be true. Um, Well, how did you get started in that? I mean, did you go back to past clients and ask for reviews or what did you do? You know, I'm really bad at asking for the reviews. Um, I love it when, honestly, most of my reviews, they go do it on their own, which is, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's why I don't got 600 like, you know, a lot of these agents, I don't hound them for it, but I just let them go there and, and, um, 
you know, the, it's interesting the way it works because the reviews are important and it's very important that you pay attention because if they do give you a, a review, you're, you're supposed to get back to that review in minutes mm-hmm. to show that you're paying attention to your business. And so that helps you rank. And then, of course, it's all what do you what do you call that? Um, the stuff that you write, right? Lakewood. Littleton, like blogs. Yeah, well, yeah. It, it just the what? Um, why am I drawing a blank here? Keywords. The, the keywords. Yeah, yeah. So the keywords are super important in that as well too. And I and I did hire a company, and I'm, they're actually pretty affordable. Um, but I hired a company to kind of guide me on that. Mm-hmm. And um, and but I need to I need to catch up. I I get busy and fall behind, and and so I need to catch up on those on those posts. Okay. And so two, uh, 2016, you're back in the business, you're rebuilding your business basically. And then, uh, here recently you came to Keller Williams. Yeah. 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 That's an interesting story. Can I tell, be honest about that? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> please please <laughs> so, tell. So, um, we can always edit it out later yeah. if we don't like it. <laughs> Mute no. button. <laughs> no. So, um, so uh, gosh, um, where I was at, it, I, I just, the energy was not there as much as I wanted and needed. And actually I'm 60 and I was one of the younger people there. Right. So, um, so Sean sent me an invite to go up to the Keller Williams, um, luxury conference. And I thought, yeah, heck yeah I'm going to go up there. It's a free room and food and I'm just going to go and, and, and just, veil. Yeah. yeah and veil. I mean, like, I'm like, yeah. I'm going to go up there and take them for a couple free dinners and, and just have some fun. <laughs> so at any rate, I went up there. You and, wouldn't be the first one. <laughs> no. Well, and I got to be honest with you. It was, um, it, it, it was, it was awesome. Um, I totally didn't expect what I went up there. I was, I was, I couldn't get enough of it. And, um, I was more impressed with the agents and their success and the willingness to show their secret sauce. Right. And I mean, it, you know, a lot of people will not, will not tell you, I mean, you come and ask me, I'll tell you exactly what I do, yeah. and, but most won't do that. They don't want you to know their secrets to success. And it was just, it was wide open. And I literally got back in the car and I and um and I and I and I went up there to steal Sean. <laughs> I don't know if Brian knows that, but um I was going to create my own luxury brand, right? Mm-hmm. But but also too, I don't want to pigeonhole myself just in luxury. It's it's a, what do we call it? A luxury experience for everyone. That's right. Everyone deserves that. So anyway, so I pulled him aside and I showed him the the sign that I created and the name that I created, and he was like, "Wow!" And I and I said, "You know, I want you to do this with me." And so, um, Sean, you know, pretty much told me, yeah, you know, I'm on a pretty good path and <laughs> some, I've made some bad choices, but I like where I'm at right now. And I said, I understood. Yeah. So the, so the conference, you know, kind of went on and then he didn't sleep much that night, drew it out on a, on a napkin and came to me and said, you know, I think I got an idea that may work for you. And I said, well, what's that? And, um, and it really took a minute to resonate cause I didn't really understand the whole Keller Williams platform. And, you know, you said, let's take your sign and put it on Keller Williams platform. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, and, and that that way, you know, hey, I'm not risking another $3 million. Um, and, um, and what's kind of cool is here I created this new luxury sign, and I'm putting it on the globally number one real estate company you know, in the world. And, um, so it's like, it's like a perfect marriage. So instead of being a little boutique here that, you know, that they're going, well, it's just you. Well, you know, now, now I'm literally, um, global, you know, got global power behind me. Yeah. yeah. I think that's important too, right? Because a lot of high wealth individuals, they actually move around a lot. 
right? I yeah. mean, to have 175,000 agents that uh, have relationships to be able to to filter those people to you, I think is is an opportunity for for you. Yeah. Yeah, and that was really what it came down to, you know, when when he when you came to me and you shared the the brand and I thought, "Wow, that is really cool." And it didn't hit me right away, but I was thinking about the challenges of building a brokerage from the ground up, right? And, yeah. you know, I mean, I spent seven years of my life doing that and um, two brokerages I've built, you know, um, I guess I didn't start the first one, but I helped grow it. And then the second one I, I grew from from infancy and to get around the new agent training side of things, you know, is daunting. You know, it's so hard and so labor intensive to do that. And then on the technology side, right, building the technology to support agents, because even if you bring in brand new people and attract new people into the industry, um, you've got to retain them once they're producing and they're going to want technology. They're going to want marketing. They're going to want the advancements. And those are, that's where it gets really expensive. So I was thinking about Nick and I'm like, man, like, don't, don't try to do this on your own. You're going to spend millions. And and then it hit me. I'm like, well, we, let's just do this inside Keller Williams. And because it's a low risk, right, opportunity, it allows you to brand yourself, right? Keller Williams has always been proactive about branding yourself over the brokerage. They've, ne- they've never said it's about the brokerage. And, um, and we have the ability to expand nationally through the Keller Williams network, which is – or internationally even. Yeah. You know, and and that is that's where the no brainer is because uh, building a brokerage to twenty five agents, it's possible. Building it nationally, that's where that's where you've got to have uh, SoftBank behind you. You know what I mean? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) SoftBank money. Yeah, that's right. Well, let's talk about the brand. So tell me about the brand. No, so the brand it's called the list and. I like the, I, I love it. I mean, when it, when I came up with it and it hit me and hit everybody and the design and everything nice, clean and crisp, but what the, honestly, what the brand was about was, you know, I started looking at different avenues The, you know, every single, um, luxury company out there came after me and I, I just, I just couldn't see it. And I mean, and I'm, I'll, I'll, I, I, you know, I, the the one that's the fastest growing. I don't know if I should mention any more names. I'm gonna let's, get us all let's in trouble. maybe not mention the name <laughs> okay. on that. So, anyways, you know, I'm like I'm like I'm interviewing with them. I'm like all this money that that's the split. You know, what do I what do I get in return? And uh, they're well, all these shiny objects. Yeah. You know, and um, I said, you know, is there leads? Is there what's the referrals like? You know, what what is the ROI on that? What, what's the return? And there wasn't. And so. Um, and it, it, I just really had a hard time with it. And, um, and I actually had called up another one and tried to open up a franchise, but I think, you know, because of the environment, they wouldn't call me back on that. Mm-hmm. Trying to open up a luxury brand on the um, West side of town. Cause we're lack, lacking a luxury brand yeah. on the West side of Denver. And I mean, I think there's a big opening here and that's why I'm really excited to start on the West side of Denver. So, so our thought was, is, um, actually make this luxury brand more affordable to luxury agents. You know, that obviously we're going to have a cap. We, we're going to invest back in it. We'll actually, we're actually going to advertise for them so that, that the brand gets out there. Unlike a lot of, you know, you spend a lot of money and you never see any national advertising or local advertising. But, but the thing is, is I, you know, when you're going to save the, the, 
broker a hundred thousand, fifty thousand, two hundred, mm-hmm. even two hundred thousand. I mean, some of them are spending more than that. You know, if they get to reinvest back in themselves, and um, and then it, it, everything about it makes sense. You know, and me be owning my own businesses and mm-hmm. being in in real estate. You know, it's all about investing back in yourself if you want to grow. So, and the great thing about Nick is um, you work in that luxury market. Now, as you know, as you said earlier, you know, it's not, you're not exclusive to the luxury market, but you've worked with professional athletes and first time buyers alike. Right. So, um, so, you know, a lot of people you, you come across, they go, Oh, I want to do luxury real estate, but they don't, they don't actually understand working with affluent clients. Right. And, and you understand it, like what they want, what they don't want. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I honestly, I, I, I try not to treat anybody any any different. You know, first time home buyer, they all get the MVP service, and I've worked with MVPs as well too. Um, you know, so they they all get that service. And um, but you know, working with them, I, I, I am who I am. I mean, I drive a pickup. I you know, I have had the nice cars, but I choose a pickup. I bet it's a nice one, though. It's a, it's, it's a Ford Raptor. I, I'll admit it's a nice one. <laughs> yeah, got to have a nice pickup. He's but, hauling a lot of lumber in that. Yeah. Oh, so you yeah. know, I was going to say I need to pick up some gravel from the you know from the <laughs> landscaper. Can I, can I borrow your truck? It's a road queen. You can't do that. <laughs> so what is the what is the high end client though expect? Like, what are some of the things that stand out to you that you, you know, service, um, communication, service, um, and that's what I've always been about is going above and beyond. It, 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 you'll see me with a paintbrush in my hand. You'll see me fixing a door. Um, the great part about, you know, that, that I think that complements my business is that I've physically built my own houses. And so if there's a need, I can take care of it really quick if we don't have time to bring contractors in. And then if we do bring contractors in, uh, you know, I can make sure that they're, nobody's taken advantage of. So I really watch them, you, you know, watch their back and make sure that everything's being taken care of and done the right way. Because that, that's, that's one of the sad things is, is with, the, um, with some of the, the, you know, people that I deal with in the luxury market – um, the people tend to see those dollar signs and go crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and I keep that under control for them, right? And to make sure that they're not taken advantage of. And, um, and I, I'm, you know, I think that's a great compliment to my business. Yeah, I think they're used to being taken advantage of, or, or maybe they don't know. They just don't have the time to do the research, yeah. right? I think maybe that's the key is, is they don't have the time to know whether something is fair or not. Right. So. Right. And we all know contractors, you know, contractors work really, really hard. And some of them uh, will charge more for a neighborhood. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. To do the work, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you have some connections, you have some relationships yeah. that make sure that these people are taken care of. Yeah. So getting back to the brand then, what are some of the things about the brand that you think are important for people to understand? You know, it's kind of fun. It's just, it's it's also a little creative that we did with it, the list, right? And so it's going to be fun to see all the realtors that make the list. And so that that's one of the things that I really want to go back to it back. When I started real estate, it was the experience, 
right? And you'd get hired if you had experience in the agency that I was in. And nowadays, it's it's not like that anymore. It's you, you fog a mirror and you can you can come mm-hmm. to work here. It's a it's a numbers game. So I'm really trying to I, I'm I'm really going to try and make this brand more experience and um, and make sure the agents hit a certain um, quote on you know the business that they do so that I know that you know our brand is well representative it re- re- represent represented yeah. <laughs> anyways but make sure the the brand is well represented and um and then and then it's just fun the way that kind of everything hit you know you got a list of buyers you got the list of sellers you got who's going to make the list you know on the company and then you know does your house make the list yeah so it, it's just it's just kind of a creative brand and it's just clean you know yeah yeah it's interesting because 30 to 40% of all agents are new to the business every year, mm-hmm. which is interesting, right? So what you're talking about is is making sure that uh, they are experienced, they they have uh, experience working with high-end people. Uh, having that experience uh, with those clients is important to you. Yeah, but, but the one thing that I do want to go back to, uh, Brian, on that is that um, I never want to pigeonhole myself as being just a luxury agent or our agents because, you know, our bread and butter is the um, – is, 700 600,000 which now you think back in the day god that was expensive right <laughs> and now it's like it's the average affordable homes uh, affordable homes yeah so um yeah so we we, we just want to like i said we just want to give everybody that luxury experience i mean my old saying mm-hmm. when I, I had all the denver nuggets you know we treat everybody like they're an mvp mm-hmm. no matter if you're buying a fifty thousand dollar condo or a seven million dollar mansion in cherry hills yeah, very cool. Okay. So um, with your new company that you have, is there anything specifically that you're going to do for marketing that's uh, going to differentiate what you do or your company, what you do? You know, the, I, that's all still in development, but everything is, you know, everything we're going to try to do is make it easier, but make it better. Um, and that, I, I think that's one of the things that I, I've always shined at is the marketing. You mm-hmm. know, I, I probably spend too much time on it. As Sean would tell yeah. me, <laughs> pass it on. Literally, but, at one point, I sent him a text of a of a sloth crossing the road, and I said, "Mick seen in the wild." <laughs> that's that's the truth. He's that's so awesome. slow. I'm like, "How have you not done this already?" I'll do this in five minutes, and he's like, "You don't understand." <laughs> I got, I, and I got to tell you too, as compliment to you guys. Um, I, I am so particular with my marketing and yeah. the flyers and the. Um, QR codes that take you to an online magazine. I mean, I'm God. It just takes me forever to get those right. And mm-hmm. I came here, and um, Sean's telling me, "Hey, we got a marketing person here, and she's great." Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, whatever." And she's better than me. And I mean, she is a rock star. So that that took a lot off of my plate. Compliments of um, yeah. Keller Williams Advantage, right? Yeah, and um, so she's helped so much. And I and when I when I hand her something, I mean, she she it just comes back perfect. Yeah. Yeah, the other the other funny thing about that is um Nick is always coming to me with technology ideas and he's like, "Hey, I I want my website to do this or I want to do this." And I and I say, well, "You can do all this. Like it's already here. Like it command will we can create a landing page, we can drop a QR code right to it. We can literally put your listing info right in there and it's like three clicks and it's done. You don't have to go out and, you know, spend $900 on these $900 a month on these websites, you know, it's already created. So, um, that's an opportunity too. Yeah, absolutely. So I have to ask you this last question because I get asked this a lot. Okay. 
Uh, so from somebody who's in this market, in the luxury market, and working with athletes and famous people and everything, people always ask me, how do you get into that market? Mm. Okay. So my position has always been, well, you have to know the right people. Okay. And so uh, is there any special sauce to getting into the luxury market or is it just relationships? It's relationships um, for me, right? And um, I'll tell you what, that luxury market, it's saturated. Mm. I mean, it is. It's unbelievable, the competition that, you know, out in Cherry Hills and, and the preserve. But it's all relationships is, is what I found. And you, know, and, you, and you do a great job and one thing leads to another. And that's kind of, I, I got referred one basketball player, and the next thing I know, I'm I'm got another one, and then another one, and then, you know, then I'm working with people that are building stadiums, and um, hmm. and you know, just one thing leads to another, and and, and you did, and the, also too, that's why I wanted on this podcast wanted to make it clear about the luxury. You know, I actually got pigeonholed. A lot of my clients, all of a sudden, they'd go and buy a new house. I'm like, hey, did you forget my number? They go, no, we didn't think you wanted to deal with us anymore because. <laughs> All you do is work with athletes. I go, no, I'm here for you. You know, no, I think they all saw the video of your house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we all said, oh, Nick's living at another level. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, remember, it's just because I built it. It's the reason why I live there. You did a great job. I'm it's a poser. Amazing. Thank you. It's Thank an amazing you. house. I got to get Brian over there as well, too, this yeah. summer. So. I've heard about it. I've heard about it, actually. Yeah. I, I already see us uh, doing some luxury uh um, happy hour events there. Like that would be the house. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that that is it. Since I built it, I've been wanting to hold events there. Right. And so I keep, I'm the sloth. And so I, <laughs> I'll help you. Okay. But you know, I'm trying to get the pool house built and that, that was kind of, it was going back to the pool house. We didn't build a basement and I just hate basements. Mm-hmm. And so I told, you know, my wife, it was hard talking her, her into it. And I just said, you know, which would you rather have a basement or a pool house? Yeah. And she said, Oh, I get it. And so we're just going to build the pool house and then it'll be more set up for events and entertaining and, and really thank Oh, you're right. It's, it's, it'll be fun. It's embarrassing without a pool house. Right? <laughs> yeah, it the, is. The, the if pool overlooking the golf course. Oh, <laughs> it's so rough. And the sunsets. Oh, I, I'm, so I'm, blinding. But I'm, I'm blessed. Every morning I wake up and look at those views. I'm like, how did I wind up here? No, you it's know? great because here's what I love about it is, you, you know, you didn't come from, you know, pockets full of money, right? You, you're you're a hardworking person. You've You've had success. You've taken your lumps. You've got back up again, dusted yourself off and went back to work, right? And so that is what we're all here doing, you know? So don't, you know, I, I kid you, but I kid you out of respect, not out of, not to shame you and, um, don't ever like, you know, push back and, you know, downplay it. Like what you've accomplished is great and you you. deserve that house. Well, what's funny, I think that's why me and you are, um, attracted as business people because we've been down the same road. (laughs) Get some lumps. Yeah. We've we've taken some lumps, you know, (laughs) All right, so very cool. So to get in the luxury market where it's it's mostly about relationships, it's about servicing, taking care of those people. Um, you know, is there anything else for somebody who wants to break into that business that you think is important for them? No, it's just uh, honestly, Brian, it's just going above and beyond. And 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 I don't treat them any different. I'm not in awe. You know, they're people. They're mm-hmm. they're sure they're world class athletes. You know, and they're one in a in a 
a hundred million to be able to play at that level or, you know, so they are gifted and they're special people, but they're still people. And I just, I just treat them just the same. But the one thing that I do is I try to, when I'm working for them, um, is they shouldn't have any headaches. Everything's taken care of. Mm-hmm. Obviously got a, you know, okay stuff with them, but I just try to take care of everything. So they don't have one more thing on their plate. They can go and, and you know, play their game or or run their business. So, so on that, um, let me just kind of reflect this back. So, what I'm hearing is um, something. Let's say they do their inspection; it comes back that the you know it needs a, a you know new boiler and a new water heater or something. So, you're calling them, and not, instead of saying, "Hey, your house needs a new water heater or a new boiler," what do you want me to do? You're calling them, saying, "Hey, um, this is what's going on, and I've already found a solution." Is that? Do, is that the level of proactive you go at or? Yeah. And I think that's the experience as well, too, with building the houses. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times these inspection reports are kind of blown out of proportion. Right. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't particularly need a new boiler. You know, it might need just a few repairs and it's fine for another 10 years. So um, but yeah, it's just um, you try to figure it out and what they really need to do, what they don't need to do. And um, put it all together for them and tell them, hey, I think this is about what it's going to cost you, and I'll take care of it. Are you okay with it? Before letting them know about the the, – you're not posing the issue and then having them respond and then getting the result and then coming back. You're gathering the information, finding finding a – an appropriate response or appropriate uh, solution and then presenting that. Yeah. I try to be more prepared when I, I I go deliver it to them so they know what the real um, outcome is going to be. It's, it's such a simple concept, but it's so important. And I don't think a lot of agents actually do it that way. Like, you know, when I'm, you know, when we're negotiating inspection items or, or things, you know, so many agents will come at you and, you know, not have a solution in hand. Um, Mm. You know, so yeah, it's your problem solver. It's what you are. Yeah, you have the experience of having done this before. Yeah, like right. how many clients are like, "Hey, if I have to come up with a solution, why did I hire you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. What are you here for? Are you? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Nick. I want to thank you for your time today. So people are going to want to find out about the list. So what do they do if they want to find out more about what you're doing and with the list? Well, right now, you know, it's all in the process of getting it spread out there. You'll see. Um, You'll see a lot of videos coming out. This is the one um, that may be the intro that I'm looking for because it's still kind of um, still being introduced. But the best way is just to call me, 303-912-NICK, and, um, and, which is 303-912-6425. Very cool. All right, Nick. Well, we appreciate your time today. And uh, um, anything else you want to close with that you want to tell everybody? No, just thank you guys. And I'm excited to join this. Um, it, it's fun. The energy here is outstanding, and I can't wait to be a part of that and, and um, also bring what I can to the table for this office, you know. But so far, it's been just the little time that I've been here. It's definitely it's, it's a great move. I, I, I know I'm not going to look back. Very cool. Nice. All right, Nick Avancich, thank you. Have a good day.